Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We are back. This is the Flow Track Podcast, special post Lausanne Diamond League edition. My name is Kevin. His name is Gordon, but you can call him the master predictor of Jamaican women's sprinting. He picked <laughs> Shelly Ann Fraser Price correctly today after previously not getting the women's 100 right at all. But we're going to fast forward right past that. Gordon, you nailed it. Congrats. One for one, right? According to you, only as important as your most recent pick. What happened to Prefontaine doesn't matter because I got the, the pick right today. Mm-hmm. I thought Shelly Ann was going to win, and she did. Uh, but it it took an incredible performance for her to, to, to get that win. I mean, 10.60, it's not like she won running a 10.8 or 10.7. She ran the third fastest time ever, won mm-hmm. a time that is right behind Flojo and the person who she just beat in Elaine Thompson, hurrah. But now that we have, in the same year, a 10.60 and a 10.54, from the same country, running at their peak at the same time. I want to see them race more often. I, we're going to see them again, I believe, in Paris. I looked at the entries. I believe they're both mm-hmm. running in Paris. And then ultimately, we'll probably see them again at the Diamond League final. But we might only be seeing two more shots at this world record attempt. Now, with Shelly Ann now in the picture with running a 10-6-0, it's not just going to be Elaine Thompson versus the clock. It's going to be Jamaica's duo versus the clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was much more competitive than the last two times this squared out. This is what I thought we would see in Tokyo. Now, I didn't think Elaine Thompson would drop a 1061, and I didn't think she'd go 1054 in pre, but this was a this was a close race right down to the wire, 1060 to 1064. First time we've had two 10-6s in the same meet in history. Yeah, this is just... This is just incredible stuff. And to think Fraser Price is running PRs, what, 13 years after she won a gold medal in, in this event? So we're going on, you know, she's just extended her prime much, much later than anybody could have ever forecasted. I mean, even in, in 2019, when she was running fast, it seemed like it was, she was defying the odds there. 
And then now she runs a 10.63 earlier in the year. And you say, okay, well, that's that's great. Early season, though, sometimes uh, you get those perfect conditions and you have a flyer. No, no, this was in a high-pressure race in, you mentioned, I mean, the conditions ended up being good with the with the wind behind them, but it wasn't like the the temperature was perfect. We know from the other races on the track today that it wasn't particularly fast across the board. So just a scintillating performance for her. Yeah, and a reminder that there's that there's two women here. And Thompson Hurrah is younger than than Fraser Price. So if any if one of the two is going to be more cautious in trying to chase this market, it would be Thompson Hurrah. I think we're going to see Fraser Price uh, a couple more times the rest of the year, if we weren't already, because 10-6-0, she's got to be thinking, hey, I have a shot at this thing too. I could change this whole narrative right now. Yeah, if you look, bring back up that <laughs> screenshot of the top marks from 2021, it's so symmetry. It goes Elaine, then Shelly Ann, then Elaine, then Shelly Ann, then Elaine, then Shelly Ann, then Elaine, and then Shikari. It's like, and then, well, and then right behind Shelly Ann. So like, they literally have every other best mark, you know, run in mm -hmm. 2021. It's the one-two punch, the ultimate one-two punch we've seen in any event, you could say. And this performance is kind of like the next best thing outside of seeing a world record because seeing Shelly Ann now put her, <clears throat> get, get closer to that mark, will challenge, yeah. I believe, Elaine Fraser-Price. Uh, Elaine, Fra look at them, combining them, Elaine Fraser-Price. We'll, we'll challenge Elaine Thompson, hurrah. And we may not see it in Paris. Maybe they kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit in Paris. But I really do believe in that I Diamond League so, final, man. they're going to put it all in. They're just going to go for broke in that final. Maybe we see a 10-49. Just maybe. I don't think they're taking their foot off the gas now. I think they had to travel for this one, when they go to Paris, they'll already be in similar time zones. I think if anyone was going to be slow, it was going to be this one. Um, a co-host of yours on this podcast that I will not name might have texted you mid-meet and was complaining about the quality of the meet. I should not have done that before Fraser Price and Thompson Hurrah ran. They they can salvage any meet at this point. That's what they do. They're going to come and they're going to bring an incredible performance. And I know we're a bit spoiled with duos going for the world record because of the men's formula hurdles and the women's formula hurdles this year. But the hundred meter world record for the women is, is different. It's a different category than the mark that was being pursued by those other two events. So the fact that you have two people going for it and willing to race each other a bunch this year, can we pull up the, what's the total um, amount of times but these two have squared off this year, Travis. I don't know if you put that stat up already, but if you haven't, so is this? But from twenty twenty one in the yeah in the hundred, this is the hundred too, correct? So this, this is the, in twenty twenty one. It's been five, five meets. So technically, they raced twice at Jamaica Champs because of a semifinals, but they've had yeah. five finals against each other, and they're two and three against each other, right? Shelly Ann has two wins. Elaine Thompson yeah. has three. What we could see, if we see it in Paris, which we think we're going to, that's six. And then if we see it in the Diamond League final, that's seven. That's pretty special to have two of the best all-time competing against each other seven times throughout the course of the year. Compare that 
to other rivalries that we've been tracking in years past that are going for all-time marks. Seven is a, a high number. I know in the field events, you can creep up there, but in the running events, to see those two put it on the line time and time again, this is special stuff that, that we're seeing. Um, and like I said, with Fraser Price, this has always been there. I just think Tokyo was not a great race. Pre, I don't think it was a great race for her either, but Elaine wasn't going to get beat on that day regardless. And then now you're seeing why Fraser Price going into the Olympics, I thought she was going to be the favorite. Why I thought she was the favorite, excuse me. Yeah, and it's seven times potentially in like a two and a half month span, right? They they first faced off in end of June, right? And their last face off will be beginning of September. So mm -hmm. it's all jam packed. It's not spread out from like, oh yeah, they raced back in January and April. No, this is yeah. like seven marquee matchups in, you know, yeah. 10 weeks. They put it on the line. You got to give them credit. Because again, that's not usually the case. That's not the default setting here. We got a, a question in the chat from Matt. Who will hold the world record when Elaine and Shelly are both retired? Elaine, right? That's what he says. So, yeah, it makes more sense because Elaine's going to have more time, right? So even if Shelly Ann mm -hmm. were to get it this year, odds are Elaine, at her younger age, I don't believe she's 30 yet. So you put your money on Elaine getting it. I guess it's a matter of will they ever get it, right? If they ever yeah, do get that's... it, it will be Elaine who probably ends up with the record. The question is, will they? It's just it's so hard to like just expect a, a world record, right? Especially I, that I, world I just, record. Especially this one that was set in the 80s. It's the marquee event. So we've had a long time. It's not like it's like a... Every year, the the cream of the crop comes shows up at the at the one hundred meters to try to to mm -hmm. run fast. Like it's not like an off event. Not to say that the four hundred meter hurdles is an off yet event, but there are more people on the local high school scene that are trying to become really good in the hundred before they're trying to become really good in the four hundred hurdles. And with more mm -hmm. people participating in the marquee event, which is the hundred meter dash, that's more mm -hmm. opportunities for stars to emerge and records to come yeah. fall down and the fact that we haven't had that since 1988 i think is a sign that this is an incredible record you know this is not a record that's hidden in the one hour uh world record or the 13.48 k record or the 50 meter dash or whatever so the fact that it's been there for so long and it is on top of that the marquee event shows the gravity of this 1049 that flojo holds it has so much gravity some people don't even want to believe it's real right some people want to think that it's windated and it's not a, a legitimate world record etc i think that just goes to the aura of this time aura that's not even the right word i'm just saying making up words right now it just goes you know, aura might have worked just, aura might have worked there it just yeah Stick with it it just shows how incredible of a moment we're living in seeing two women go after what we thought was an unbreakable record and they're both really close and we still have yeah. more races to come and basically we have two more shots at it and they're getting closer right we're getting closer so yeah and again even if they never get it don't take for granted the fact that it's actually happening i brought up bolton blake before on the last show anthony in the chat says they're doing better than bolton blake used to duck each other yeah 
look at this. All time in the 100, they met eight times. Eight times. Can that be Across real? seven years. You, you'd think at least a Jamaican, years. but a Jamaican champs, you'd think they at least faced off against each other more than that. I guess they were given some buys. So eight times across from 2010 to 2017. And we're talking about, we might see them, Frazier Price and Thompson Hurrah, seven times just in one season to give you a point of comparison. So, and the gap between Frazier Price and Thompson Hurrah is smaller than it was between Bolt and Blake. But this is kind of the sort of thing we could have gotten if Bolt and Blake raced each other a whole bunch of times. And at the time, and I didn't forget this, because at the time I made a mental note. I said, Kevin, remember this, because you're gonna come back to it several years. You had people arguing that Bolton Blake not racing each other was actually good for the sport because it made us anticipate those matchups. And I said at the time, no, because what if those matchups never happen? What if they never materialize? You want to race when they're both ready because you can never guarantee that next year they're both gonna be healthy. And then what happened? Blake got injured. And then you go from 2012 to 2016 when they don't race each other at all. So I give immense credit to Thompson Hurrah and Fraser Price for putting it on the line, going for the world record, putting the reputations out there, not worried about taking losses, but just straight up going for it. Everybody wants to see it, and they're giving it to them every single week now in the, in the Diamond League and this whole season. This has been the season, you know, the women's 100, the through line, starting back in the late spring now, and we're all the way into August, Gordon, and we're still talking about the women's 100. It's credit to them. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to answer a hypothetical. Okay, I'm asking. That'll you. be a first. The hypothetical you. is, so they they've raced five times in the hundred. Uh, technically, they've raced six, but one of them's a semi, and I'm not going to count that. And right now, Elaine Thompson has three wins to Shelly Ann's two. If Shelly Ann were to beat Elaine in Paris and tie it up three three, and then mm -hmm. Shelly Ann were to beat Elaine Thompson mm -hmm. in the Diamond League final and run ten forty nine. <laughs> at the okay. end of the ranking uh like the end of the year ranking who is the best 100 meter runner in the world in 2021 is it the gold medalist elaine thompson or would it be the 1049 shelly and fraser price in this hypothetical who has the head-to-head -head? i guess four to three actually we could argue four to four if you um Take away, if you take the semifinals of Jamaica champs. So I mean, they're four, four, I mean, four and four. If the record wasn't so historic, I'd say it's an easy answer. Cause I would always defer to the gold medalist. And it's not like the gold medalist had a slow PB that year. In this scenario, she ran 1054. In this scenario, that's not going to happen. I will, I'll still take Thompson Hurrah. I'll still take her. Really? You just put so much yeah. more weight in that that one race at the Olympics. Yeah, and like I said, if she still ran ten fifty four, it'd be one thing if she ran like her Olympic performance was this huge outlier, and then every single time she ran ten nine and was never competitive. But I'm always gonna give I'm always gonna give more weight to the to the head to head. Um, what do you think? Answer your own hypothetical. I think if Shelly Ann runs ten forty nine. She is the best hundred meter runner in the world. The just because you did at the Olympic Games doesn't mean you are guaranteed number one spot in my ranking, in my opinion. Because I think if we keep on doing that, it's stupid. It's like saying, um, what's his name? 
It's like saying the winner of the Boston. Super Bowl is the best team. It's crazy. No, Who would what's the Boston that? Celtics? Boston Celtics. Who's the guy? Who won Who's all the, the, the NBA guys. titles? Boston Celtics. Bill Russell. Bill Russell. It's like saying Bill Russell is the greatest NBA player of all time. He's not. Well, he plays on a team, so that's a little bit different. Bad analogy to your hypothetical, but that's okay. I don't blame you for making that point. And here's the weird thing about it. If she runs the 1049, it obviously strengthens her case for all time. Who's the best women's 100-meter runner of all time, and it will strengthen it in the future as Thompson Hurrah goes after it. That would be a mark in her favor moving forward. But again, I mean, it's such a small likelihood that's going to happen, but it would have to be something pretty crazy for her to um, to take over for Thompson Hurrah. And in that scenario where Fraser Price runs 1048, I mean, Thompson Rod's probably running 1049 or 1050 based on how the season's gone, yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah. Like, they're not going to yeah. be separated by, by that much. No, 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 yeah. Thompson Rod's been, been solid. Um, all right, and sh- uh, props to Shriki Jackson, keeping things real consistent, getting third. You can pencil those two in all year, or th- those three in, excuse me, one and two switch order, but Jackson solidly there into – into third. Um, all right, before we move off of this, you got a lot of goodwill last time just naming uh, schools in Jamaica. Do you want to name a couple before we move on? Want to name a couple others? Do you remember from when you went to Champs? I mean, no. Th- th- what am I doing? Come on. What are we doing? No. Uh, I'm, just trying uh, to inc- I'm trying to increase your favorability ra- ratings with, with Walmart. Wal- I don't know how to say it. Walmart, W O L M E R. Okay. And then. Good. You have Kingston College. You have Calabar. Uh, you have. Oh, I should now you're putting me on the spot. I wish I had. I could come off more cooler and have. A, well, I, you added a new one though. That's good. Yeah, you added a new one there. Congrats, Walmart. Walmart. Yeah. Okay. I'll have a new one every time. I'll have a new one, and I'll be like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, my favorite is. I know. I feel like Calabar is like the the big one. They're like the Yankees, in my opinion, because they have the most. They like they have the largest contingent. They have the most fans, um, mm-hmm. and I've got to spend a like they stay in like these little like villages, like these little like mm-hmm. dormitories when during it. Yeah, and it's like a little village. It's like they're at camp. It's kind of cool. And I got to go to Calabar's camp, and then uh, they ever all the kids are there doing their thing, and then they have a big like team meeting, and it's like massive. Yeah. It's like a football team. It's like eighty plus kids because they're all different ages, right? Because they have a different age group all the way up to. 18 or 19, all the way down to like, I don't know, 12 or 10 or something like that. I don't know. It's a large age yeah. group. It's more than just four years. Uh, and they had, um, they had like a, like a former Calabar alum, like give a speech, like pump mm-hmm. them up. It was kind of cool. Just sit there. I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> so I, I was like, oh yeah, go Calabar. And I think they won that year. So uh, the speech worked. Speech worked back in 2014. Hey. What, you know what else worked? My strategy. The chat is just people shouting out their the schools now. That's all it is. We got oh, okay. Edwin Allen in there. Oh, Edwin, Edwin Allen, Allen, yes. Got, they're good. They have good women. St. Jago, Walmers, as you Saint mentioned. Yago, yeah. Yeah, Kinson College, Calabar. Yeah, everybody's in the chat now. Okay. St. Diego's good. What was, the, what was the second biggest story coming out of this meet, do you think? So this is where it gets hard because – once we saw the the 400 meters in the beginning of the meet and you realize it's kind of cold, maybe <laughs> we're not going to see some good stuff. I thought, Ooh, maybe cold weather. We get a good three K. We didn't get really get that. We got, you know, a decent 
200, but it was wind aided. I think what we should start talk about is what we thought was going to be the story of the meet, which was Carson Warholm running a flat 400 outside of the TV window. So in order to watch this race, you had to have some go to some illegal streaming site with a VPN to catch like some foreign feed <laughs> watching this 400 meter run, but it, it wasn't, it's okay that we missed it because Carson Wilhelm clearly told the world that he took a long vacation after the Olympics and didn't try to stay in tip top shape for the past month. Goes out and runs 45, 51, which is what 0.4 seconds faster than what he ran mm -hmm. in the Olympic 400 meter hurdle final. Clearly yep, yep. he can run faster than that. Clearly he Were you weren't wowed by it. I was not, I, I guess maybe I was wowed because of how slow it was, but this was not Carson Wilhelm being like, I'm going to try to run fast. Maybe it just wasn't his day. You don't know what was going on the week before, but Carson Wilhelm is not a 45 second 400 meter runner. He's a 45 second 400 meter hurdler. He, uh, he has time. He said it was heavy. I was hoping for more, but that's the way it is. My body was more tired than I thought. That's him saying I went on a bender after the Olympics and I haven't recovered yet. This is my first time drinking water. And that's the photo. Of it. Uh, but they showed no. pictures of him training. They showed pictures of him training right after the Olympics. And I thought, oh, it's on. It's it's on. Ah. But it's gotta be it's gotta be hard. And also, you downplayed the whole it's just like a four hundred. Four hurdles is the same thing, but strategically it is different. And I was you mentioned it wasn't in a TV window, and I actually they showed it on tape delay on the broadcast I was watching. But since it wasn't on the TV window, I just had the live results up. And I don't know how accurate it is, but the live results I was watching, it would change the leaders every 50 meters on there. And through like a hundred or one fifty, Warholm was ahead. And I was like, maybe Gordon's right. Maybe we're gonna see something spectacular. 53 or 43, here we go. It's gonna happen. And then he started drifting back and drifting back and drifting back. I just think completely different rhythm with this race. I think it would take him another uh, couple races or at least another race or so to get that figured out. But then you also have to factor in the just he's gassed portion of this. Michael Cherry kind of throwing some shade on Warholm being like, yo, Rye wouldn't have ran 45 seconds in an open four. Rye would yeah, have ran 43. We wouldn't have thought Rye, what did Rye run at pre? 20.1 like rise be yeah rise yeah. better than that too i think both yeah. the guys are, are worn out it's not like either of them are yeah. jumping out of the 400 meter hurdles and lighting the world on fire not everybody can be fraser price and thompson are on just keep going you, we've seen sifan yeah. hassan have a big goal and fall short i think that is going to happen more and more with everybody outside of a a select few we've seen people just completely shut it down so yeah not what we expected we i just wanted a time that was a better indication of his ability even if it was 44 yeah. one but you watch that race and you're like all right that's you can throw that one out that doesn't really mean yeah. anything like anybody who's going to sit up here and argue that carson warham is a 45 5 400 meter runner get out like i don't want to hear anything about that that's silly that's, that's ridiculous that's patently ridiculous when the guy runs 45 9 with hurdles out there so we didn't get any good read on it so i think everybody loses in this scenario. I give him credit for going for it. He didn't need to do it, but we don't have any new information about his 400-year ability after this race. Agreed. So after seeing this race, and the, the women's 400 was one in like 50.2 or 5, I was starting to get yeah, worried that we weren't going 
we weren't going to see too much uh, interesting races. What was a, a race that you thought would be good that, you know, what's, a, what's another <laughs> race that you kind of were excited about, but kind of were like, oh, okay. For me, it was the men's well, 3K. Yeah, we can talk about the men's free 3K. I thought that, that race was interesting because we knew Jakob was the favorite going in, although you'd have to like Borrega as well too. He's got a gold medal and you got other big names all up and down the, the start list there. But what was interesting was he starts running with the ultimate distance running wingman, Stuart McSwain, who will just go whatever pace you need him to go and run with him. He's great. He's awesome. Like he'd show up at Gordon's house and run 930s with Gordon. Actually run 925s to keep Gordon going. Like he just finds the pace that they everybody wants to go and then goes a little bit faster. That's what Stuart McSwain has been doing all summer. It's awesome. But then they slowed down. And I thought it was tactical. McSwain's like, hey, I'm not going to let you sit on me and just kick past me, Jakob. So then the chase pack catches up with Aragawi. But then McSwain goes out the back. And then it turns into a two-person race. And then Inga Bretson just used Aragawi in the same way he used McSwain. And, and kick past him. I think this was just a, he's already run a fast mark. He's already put down fast marks this year. It's merely about winning for Ingebrigtsen. And this was a stacked field. He was just going to do whatever he could to win. And he needs to have a little bit of separation. I don't think he wants it. He's not in the Farah mold where he's just going to completely, you know, wait until the last 600 meters to go. He wants it a little bit quicker, but he's certainly confident in his, his closing speed. So, a little disappointed the time wasn't faster, but not surprised at all. Yeah, I mean, I I, I crown Jakob as he's not going to lose another race for like the next five years. So he's two for One two. Off Gordon, I made that. Or two for two. Two for two. Two for two. Two and oh. That's right. Two and oh. That's Pre right. in this. So he's got to keep it going. I have a feeling he might try to pull off the 5K 1500 Diamond League final double, right? Ooh. I can see him trying to do okay. that. Um, he's qualified. Likely he's qualified in the 5K for the Diamond League. Obviously, he'll be probably qualified in 1500. Hopefully, they make him on separate days so he can do both. That'll be an interesting thing to watch. Um, this meet, this race was interesting. Like today was the last day to qualify for the 5K Diamond League final. So there were some other names in there. Like uh, Borrego was in there trying to qualify, but there were names that weren't in there. Like Paul Chalima wasn't there. Um, mm -hmm. Yomif Kajelcha wasn't there. And they, because of that, they're basically, they just, I just talked to Paul. He decided to not pursue running a Diamond League final. He's going to do, you know, Fifth Ave and road races yeah. in, the, in the fall. Uh, but I kind of wish that we could have seen Paul in a, a 5K final, kind of go up see what the, the 30 Olympic medalists could do in a 5K Diamond League final. But we're just going to do with this. Uh, Mo Ahmed tried to make it, but he didn't do well in this race. So he got knocked out of the top 10. Grant Fisher was in this race. He was trying to get in, but got knocked out of the top 10. So there were some mm. other known names, I guess, on the North American side that were trying to get in or chose not to get in. And uh, the Diamond League uh, 5K field is now set. Travis, you can bring it up. So, Travis, if you go to the Lausanne results and go to the, the 3K results, and if you go to the top of it, it says qualification standings. That's where we can see who who has qualified mm. in the 10 in the 5k diamond league. So put this up on the screen, Kevin, what are your thoughts yeah. of you seeing these 10 names? What do you think of this as a 5k diamond league final? You got Mohammed Katir, Jacob K. K. Rop, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, Stuart McSwain, 
Nicholas Camelli, Burhanu, Balwe, I'm bad at this, Aragawe, Borega, Cheptegai, and Buchar. So Cheptegai just gets in barely. You mm -hmm. can see Yomif oh. Jelcho is the first man out. Well, I'm glad Cheptegai got in because yes. that's the race we want to see. We want to see Inga Britson versus Cheptegai. Those have been the best yeah. two. And they raced against each other in Florence in that 5,000 where Cheptegai fell apart in the back half. And Inga Britson ran that big PR. And we thought, okay. Maybe it's 5,000 for Inga Britson, and he decided it was the 1,500. So I, I'm very excited. Katir, we had high hopes for going into Tokyo, and he was a non-factor. So, yes, you, you throw in the names like Borrega in there as well, who's got a gold medal, and it's got the makings of a, a very fun fun final. That's the one where they're running on that 540-meter loop, right, yeah. in Zurich? Outside, yeah. Which, yeah, I don't know if I'm a fan of that. I think Inga Britson is fine versus Cheptegai. I watch that just on a regular track. It'd be cool. I don't know. Hopefully they have a lot of cool cool camera angles for that one, but it's going to be interesting Interesting to check that out. Um, yeah, I'm surprised. Actually, I'm not surprised because this is a common theme with us, though. Because I was thinking in my head, all the buys for 2022. And I'm thinking as much as people downplayed the american performance this year on the men's sprint side they did really good in 2019 which means they're going to get four people into the 2022 world championships which is going to give them another person so i'm talking about the 100 the 200 um the high hurdles obviously and the 800 in the yeah. running events so those events it doesn't matter who wins the diamond league because the buy the extra spot into the eugene world champs is going to go to the reigning world champion so then i was thinking about the other events and this is something you've talked about with curly hey can they get a buy you know, through through winning the Diamond League because some of these events are easier than others in terms of just who stopped competing and who's still still going for it. And then you look at the women's side where obviously they, do, they did not have the reigning champion um, from Doha in the one, the two, the four, right? And I mean, they had both, yeah, they had both hurdles, but they didn't, they didn't have anything else on the, on the track. So... It's a good way to really, really, really take some pressure off your your year next year is if you can somehow snag that that Diamond League win. I know Kate Grace is going back and going for it, and that's one person that we've talked about. But can you pull up the can you pull up the women's four hundred, Travis, on that same sheet? Is that possible? Yeah, if you go to the four hundred meter results, because that was a diamond today, right? Yeah. Because because that's one I'm wondering where it's it's like we already talked about that event being depleted going into Tokyo and I don't know if Miller Weibo is women's four women Travis. women's four excuse me women's four yeah and and I wonder if that's if there's some opportunity there if we look at the Diamond League standings overall Paulino got the win Travis, today silver medalist to but yeah what what's the uh, current standings there we go so. They still have another meet to go. Yeah, three of four yeah, meetings. One more meet. And eight are gonna go. So Correct. and Miller is not in there. Obviously, we talked about all the other people who are missing. But that would be see that to me looks like an opportunity for an American. Now Paulino's been running really well and McPherson's been running real well. So it's not gonna be easy. But if Miller Weibo isn't there, then big opportunity there. But yeah, Quinir Hayes or Kendall Ellis. Can find a yeah. way to sneak in. Yeah. Yep, yep. For sure. I, th okay. I mean, yeah, we can talk more about this in uh, 
after the Paris, but actually kind of continuing to that, guess who's not in the Paris 100-meter start list? Men or women? Women. It's the final Diamond League for the 100-meter. Oh, yeah. Richardson's No, she carried. Is she so in the two I think she carries not going to be in the Diamond League final. Was she, in the, like Bru- she in the Brussels? She in the Brussels two hundred or something like that? I thought I saw her on a start list somewhere. Oh really? And these things. I change. just I don't. These things change. I, basically, I think we're not going to see Shakari race another hundred this year, at least at the Diamond League <laughs> level, because if she's not yeah. in this Paris one, then she won't be in the Diamond League final because she's yeah. on, on the bubble to be knocked out. And yeah, maybe the. Maybe it's on purpose. I don't know. I mean, you don't know what's going on in, in her camp. Her camp is, you know, they're, they've been in the news for a lot of different reasons. Did you see the mm-hmm. the story where uh, between her and Allison Felix? I did. I don't, I mean, I understand what happened, but I don't really understand why it happened, Gordon. And I don't know if you know. So maybe yeah. neither of us really know what happened, but I don't get this. What are, What's going on Do you want to recap what happened? Do you know what happened? Just should I recap what happened? Well, Felix gave an interview to Stephen A. Smith where she she was asked about Richardson and she said complimentary things about her and we all support her moving forward. And then after the interview aired, Richardson, in a seemingly in a reference to Felix's interview, basically said something like words are just words, right? What you say on a show doesn't really mean anything. But what Felix said was just incredibly like straightforward and complimentary so i i don't understand and non-controversial uh, like <laughs> non-controversial at all at all because this is allison felix now in in recent years obviously she's had critiques of nike but by and large we can say allison felix is not a lightning rod of controversy it's not something you associate with allison felix and she's a beloved member of the track and field community not just in the united states but we'd say worldwide so i have no idea i have no idea what this is. I think it's one of two things. And one of them, I think you can kind of, I don't think it, it is. So one, there is some secret like problem between the two of them that she is just like finding a way to like talk about. But I don't think that is true. Cause I don't think Allison Felix has probably even spoken to Shakari Richardson, right? They're different events. They're not involved. Mm-hmm. She's doing her own thing. Uh, being the face of the Olympics, she carries doing her own thing, being the face of like the new newcomers. It's like, they're not even crossing paths ever. So I don't think it has anything to do with that, any personal thing. The other option, I think she just like, if you just say her name in any way, she's going to re- punch back regardless of what it is. You can be like, yo, yo, she Hey, what's up? And then you get a punch. Like, I think she's just on edge because you know, there's been a big buildup to the Prefontaine Classic. Obviously, it ended with a big, even a bigger blow up now that she has to handle how to go forward in the in the sport coming off that ninth place finish. And I think anything that she doesn't know that is talking about her, she's going to react in a, an aggressive way. And I think that's just her way of handling the world that she's in. And none of us really can know what the headspace of Shakari Richardson is. We can all... Or Jack, like, why would you do that? Allison Felix, she's so nice. And it could be something else. It could be she's talking about someone. I don't know. I just think that one thing I'm learning about is Shikari is going to do Shikari things and to like kind of read through the lines and understand why 
she would be so yeah. aggressive when everyone would be like, that's, I would do the opposite when we just have to accept that. Like she carries is going to live her life. She's going to tweet the way she wants to tweet. She's going to subtweet the way she wants to subtweet. And it is what it is. It's not worth trying to, uh, analyze and psycho psychoanalyze what's going on because the only thing we really can analyze is like her race performances. Like, does she run well in the race? Does she not run well in the race? She hurt, she not hurt. All the other stuff, yeah. you, you can't, you have no idea unless you actually know her personally. So that's yeah. Yeah. I think I think that was in general my my reaction to it as well too. It just, is this gonna be a weekly thing? Like every two weeks there's gonna be because when it, and I, I mentioned before when she was given the post interview about pre or at pre saying, you know, keep talking your shit. So she wasn't talking to any competitor. She was just talking to the internet in general or the community in general. And then now the comment directed towards Felix, again, it's just, it's like picking a fight where there really isn't a fight. It's not directly related to you know, her performance on, on the track. So yeah, I, I agree. It's hard to figure out what's going on there. Do you want to talk 400 meter hurdles, women's four meter hurdles? A bit of an upset. Yeah. A bit of an upset, I'd say. Although Femke Bowl, number three all time. So can't be too big of an upset. But she beats Dolo Muhammad, uh, who finished fourth, who was kind of out of it after about 200 meters, I'd say. Shamir Little put up a good fight there, but faded to second. Bowl 53.05, which was a another solid run for her. And if McLaughlin and Muhammad were not here, uh, you know, we'd be talking about her as this, this transformational talent. But she's real young, too. So I think the next four or five years are going to be interesting for, for Femke Bull. And she got it done today. Otto Bolton on the broadcast brought up a good point with Muhammad. And I guess it's true with Shamir Little, too. They just ran, they just ran pre, you know. And, and Elaine Thompson, hurrah, and Shannon Fraser Price just ran pre as well too but flying all the way halfway across the world to then go against somebody in an event who is from a neighboring country has got to be pretty tough do you think in 2022 or 2023 someone not named mclaughlin or muhammad will finish in the top two at the championship final oh hi i think the odds are high ball's really good Ball's really good. Now, if you said, what are the chances of someone not named those three? I'd say, man, I'd almost bet my house on that. that so you think there's a chance not. that Muhammad or McLaughlin will finish third or worse in 2022 or 2023? Yeah, yeah, because you got to factor in injuries, bad race, all that, all that stuff. Bowl is, Bowl is really good. Again, she's running at a time when her performance gets her bronze, but in any other era, her, her performance would get her Gold. Now you could do the thing where you're like, well, she's elevated by those other athletes in the event, which would help pulling her forward. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll hear that argument. But the fact remains, I mean, what did she run? She ran freaking, what was her, what was her time in, uh, in Tokyo? 52.03? I mean, 52.03. I was there in Des Moines when Delilah Muhammad ran 52.20 and we were all like, holy crap. I can't believe she broke the world record. And Bull ran two tenths. Faster, faster. Two years later, and got a bronze medal, and was quite a ways back. I mean, 
there's going to be a moment when, I mean, Delilah's older than these two, right? Because Femke's, she's 21. She's 21? Yeah, she's about the same age as Sydney. Yeah. Sydney. So there's going to be a point when Delilah will be a little bit too old and the, the, the torch is going to just be a battle between Bull and, and um, McLaughlin. And I'm sure yeah. the New Balance execs are going to be really pumped because <laughs> they're going to have a, two New Balance athletes constantly beating up on each other back and forth. So no matter what, New Balance wins in that situation so i love the brand talk there from gordon yeah can get some brand talk think, yeah right after jamaican school talk you go into brand talk that's good yeah you, they do need right, to get it's hard, yeah. it is hard to it, needs, it is hard to pick winners though <clears throat> femke needs to unlock look, look femke though she keeps her bring up this 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 screenshot right now travis bring it up that we have you notice on the right side femke bull she keeps her uh twitter account private how many uh, oh, top three <clears throat> top three in the world athletes are keeping their Twitter account private these days? I'll say smart. That's a smart move. Yeah. <laughs> I think more athletes should do that. I mean, can you blame them? Have you ever been on Twitter? Yeah, that is not. I can go back and a good place. Not a not a fun place to be a lot of the time. So, Kretcher, hey, how about this? How about this? How about the men's two hundred at the end of the meet? Wind aided, wind aided. But still, Kenny B gets it done. 1965. Curly got his sub 20, but unfortunately, again, uh, Wynn was outside the allowable limit. 1977. Stephen Gardner in third with 20.11. Gordon. So Kenny B has been <clears throat> running extremely well. I mean, you take obviously he he got second to behind Andre DeGrasse, and we did a whole segment about Andre DeGrasse being the, the best male sprinter the 100-200 combined. But can he be now winning this race in another 19-6? He's run a 19... He's run 19-6 and 5s. Like, he's run a bunch of 19 points this season. My question for you is, before the Olympics, I ranked him as number one in the world. Can (laughs) I see where I was coming from now? I mean... We're going back to this. We're going back to this. I was in on the Kenny B train... For everyone else, obviously, I ended up being the Andre DeGrasse train I should have been yeah. on because he's the one who ended up winning. But can it be low-key? Who would you okay. take in a, in a race right now between Kenny B and Noah Lyles? We're going we're gonna to relitigate this again. I already apologized to the men's 200-meter field for getting it so wrong. And speaking of Kenny B train, only one of us went with Lincoln to Ottumwa, Iowa, and Indian Hills Community College to – Film workout with Kenny B back when he was in Juco. You're right though. Hey, look at these. I mean, this is this year. Uh, 1965 wind dated, 199199 and now he's back running all-time marks. So if I say Lyles, you're going to be like, oh, you're just stubborn. You're back on your point again. And if I say Kenny B, you're going to say, hey, well, really? You're betting against a guy who's run 19-5 again? I can't win with this men's 200. They're both really Travis, good. Make it, make it show multiple results. <laughs> so change the, the filter so it shows more than one per person. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's see how many Kenny Bs we see in this top list. Look at that. So it goes Lyles. Yeah. 
DeGrasse, Kenny B, Kenny B, Kenny B, DeGrasse, Lyles, Lyles. Fred Curley, then Kenny B, Kenny B. There's a lot of Kenny Bs. I don't know about you. <laughs> I see, what, five yeah. in the top 11? Yeah, and a couple of them are win-dated, but who cares? He's, yeah, he's getting wins. He's getting wins throughout the year. He's running solid performances. Yeah, his 2019 was was wild. I remember, he made Worlds not making the final at USA's because not enough people had the standard. And he was having all sorts of weird problems with his start. He's having trouble responding to the gun. He got banged up, went to Doha, didn't make it through the final. But was he's always been this good. Going back to that 2019 season, that was the year when he had one of the greatest – and I keep track, one of the greatest wind-dated marks in history when he ran a 1949 with a plus 6.1 at the JUCO Championships. It's one of my favorite all-time wind marks. 19.49 at JUCO with a plus 6.1. And it was in Hobbs, New Mexico, so it was at altitude. So we had the altitude wind-dated uh, double effect there. And yeah, I, get, I would take, I would just go consistency. I would go Kenny B if you want an answer from me. How's that for a long way to an easy answer? There you go. I think it is safe to say, though, the, the Gross, Lyles, and Kenny B are the heavy top three medal favorites. I mean, they were top three in the Olympics, but now, based on the whole resume, you, it's going to be hard to argue a newcomer to that top three in 2022 until I see something else. Yeah. You talk about Knighton, Lyles, and Ben Eric? No, DeGrasse. Benaric oh. I'm talking about at world championship. I thought you were talking about, yeah, but Knighton, I mean, who's got Knighton, the most right. room to grow? Who's got the most room to grow? It's the kid who's 17. So yeah, Knighton, Fonbula, Fonbula yeah. from Florida, and Terrence Laird. He's, he was running well in the beginning of the year. So Yeah. yeah some other DeGrasse, guys. DeGrasse is now the, the vet of the group, and Lyles is the guy who's – almost approaching vet status in his in his prime and then you have Bednarik who's not that much older than or not that much younger than Lyles but has been around less so you think all right he has a little more time to or a little more room to grow just based on reps and then you got Knighton who's 17 years old this will be a fun one but I, I think that's a good yeah. question to ask and it's a fair question to ask I don't know how to deal with all these back and forths in this this event there's just all sorts of interesting twists and turns and if they all lined up and we read we redid the the 200 right now from the olympics you could have strong arguments for all three of those guys who got medals you're going to pick against the grass now after what he did in the 100 i don't know but narek's been so steady and then lyles looked like old lyles so this is fun this is a fun uh fun fun race today curly you know almost joined that sub 10 sub 20 sub 44 group but not for the wind if you want do you want to play well, the wind he, calculator he, game gordon and then say that he's actually in the group that seems like something that well he's run sub 20 he's a 199 pb no he's not 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 win legal no i think it's win legal no yeah he doesn't run he did that in the trials did I, oh, did I have a we were just looking for like a 198 from him or like a 197 oh you're right Right, was like yeah, his yeah. big like all right because this 1977 is good it's probably like equivalent to a 1989 maybe or something like that so he's getting there uh but once fred curley finds a way to get into the 197 win legal 196 range then we have a yeah. we have 
not a problem, but we have a, a, a good problem with too many guys who are too good for each other, right? Where fourth place at Worlds is going to be uh, pretty damn fast. Yeah, you're right. My bad. I don't know why I did not remember that. Too much track. 1990 right. in Eugene when he got fourth at the trial. So he's already in that club. He's already in the sub-10, sub-20, sub-44 club. But another another chance to improve in, the, in that race, just more reps around the 200 because – the hundred got a lot of attention because it seemed like a bigger jump down from the from the four, but two hundred. It's not like he had run a whole bunch of two hundreds either as well, too. So, all right, what else? What else to talk about from this meet, Gordon? Devin Allen, eight hundred. Ah, Men's eight hundred. Men's eight hundred once again. Go for it. We say anything. <laughs> Mark can happen. Top show. And uh, anything can happen. Happened the exact same way from pre with AROP, Career, and Rotich being your top three. We we talked about this 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 event has just gotten weird, right? Where we're not seeing any true dominance and true like back and forth one twos. We see people, we see Olympic gold medalists not win in Career. We see Olympic medalists in Patrick Dobek finish dead last in a race, like. How often do you see that? Oh yeah, get Olympic medal and then dead last in the Diamond League race. Like this event is just so wild. Anything can happen any day of the week. Picking the Diamond League champion is going to be so hard. Picking the 2022 champ champion is going to be very hard because it's going to be based off of Donovan Brazier health versus anyone and any anybody and anyone in the rest of the field. I mean, career yeah. show consistency, right? Still being in the top three, Arop. He's showing consistency now, even though he didn't show it at the Olympic Games. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to really break down the men's 800 when we get to the final Diamond League. I'm going to take like the top eight guys, like whatever times wise, and just see how many losses they all have to each other, wins they all have to each other. It's just going to be very yeah. interesting. So I, I think we're seeing too the massive chasm between. Diamond League 800 meter running and championship 800 meter running too. Yeah. It totally takes on a different form when you have a one-time race. AROP at pre was in the back and then passed everybody with about 200, 250 to go. This one, he went from farther out and and held on. But either way, he's doing, doing well like with, with both styles of racing. But it's just... When you run 140, when 144 ish is the winning time, there's so many people who can win that race. But AROP didn't make the final in the 800. This would, I yeah. mean, this would, this would be like, who's like a, someone who didn't make the final in the, I don't know who, who to think of, but it would be like if someone just like back to back beat Elaine Thompson, Hurrah, and Shelly and Fraser Price. Back. And it, it probably, that's a bad example because they're all-time yeah. greats. Terrible but the example. fact that he doesn't make Olympic final and then the two next races, he beats the the gold medalist and the silver medalist in back-to-back -back races, it's just kind of wild, right? He goes from, oh, I'm not yeah. in the Olympic final to I can beat the gold medalist back-to-back. -back. However, however, on the women's side of things, we saw something that was sort of similar with Kate Grace not making the U.S. team. And then True. going over the, to Europe and winning a bunch. Now that wasn't post Olympics, and there's no a thing Mo type figure in the 
like the women, the top of the women's eight right now is better than the, it's harder to upset than the, the top of the men's eight. But I just think this, this, this event is, is destined for a lot of unpredictability unless you have someone like Mo, Semenya, Radisha in there. Just because of the way, the, the way it's run. Like I said, when it gets to 144, 143 high, it's just everybody can run it. Everybody yeah. out there can run that time. Talk a little bit about Devin Allen. Impressive got win. The win. He got fourth at he got the win. He got fourth at the Olympics. More and more I think about it. Devin Allen, I mean, if he just had a, this type of race last month, maybe Devin yeah. Allen is the Olympic gold medalist, right? I mean, he's shown that he's able to to be in that range of that low 13 flat area. And yeah, seeing what Grant Holloway did, clearly there was just an opening and Hansel Parsman was just the one who, who took it. Parsman finishes dead last in this race. Another wild thing, Olympic gold medalist finishing last in the race. Um, but yeah, Devin Allen, impressive, 1307. He, I could see him winning the Diamond League final. Uh, I don't think Grant Holloway is going to be in it. He's not even in the standings. So Allen could be mm -hmm. that sneaky pick to, to win a Diamond League. Now, he won't get the bye because the bye will go to Grant Holloway. But wow, Devin Allen, he's won a lot of races. Look at that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's been busy. Well, you look at his 18. I mean, this was the. Yeah. This was when dated, but then if you look at his legal all-time marks, it's 13.03, then 13.10, He's very consistent in yeah. there, but right now it feels like to get up there with Holloway, obviously, you, you need to be able to go sub-13, and you have to be 13 lows to to be in the metal mix, but he, he ran well. And we focused so much on Holloway and parchment in, in Tokyo, but Alan ran, ran really well. Too bad about the buy though, right? Too bad they don't get yeah, five spots. If you win the diamond league and you get the defending champ. Why not? Right? Why not? Five. There we go. Yeah. I mean, right. limiting what else? to three, I think is weird in the first place. Uh, I think that's it. I don't know. That's field it. events happen. I mean, field events Krauser. are kind of getting boring with Krauser just winning every time. Uh, Johannes Fetter won the javelin, which was great, sh showing that uh, why the hell did I he not win the Olympic Games? Uh, but I think Mondo <laughs> losing the uh, pole vault was the most interesting thing to happen in the in the, um, the field events. So, yeah, big upset there, right? I yeah, know. I mean, Mondo just he he was like two feet over the bar every time. But then his hands would just hit it and on the way back down. So it's been a field events are interesting. It's I kind of were just waiting for that Diamond League final to hit through these guys. You know, Nielsen, Kendricks, Duplantis, they were all in it at, in the final mark, but they didn't jump that high, right? 582. Yeah. Probably the wind of the, the weather wasn't too good. It's kind of cold. Not good for pole vaulting. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Rojas. Rojas in the triple, another dominant performance, diamond league record, fifteen fifty six for her in the triple jump. So big performance, women's long jump, Spanovic there, and then we had another fun long jump where the person who jumped farther didn't win because of the jump off. It's just we're just gonna keep doing that, huh? All right, 
Uh, no. But it didn't happen in the trip. It didn't happen in the triple. Like the Rojas prevailed because she had a fifteen eleven, but her winning jump came in the first round with a fifteen. Um, 15. I, mean, I get the point. Like, if like you score, like, are we just like, if what's the point of the final five jumps if like we know for a fact the winner won after the first jump, right? I get the idea behind it. You want to make drama. I'm not saying it's the right solution, but I understand the solution that they try to create. The they shouldn't if you're gonna do that just don't even bother to like measure any like just hide the hide the measurement just put a stick in the sand don't let anybody know how far it is so it doesn't bother them and just say you guys are the three that move or I, it's it's wild it's or treat the shot put and the long jumps and triple jumps the way they treat pole vault and high jump put a line out there you gotta jump over it and if you do you're on to the next round and then move the line a little farther you get two or three attempts to jump over it. You do it, move on. And then it's just a slowly elimination. So yo, Rojas won't be jumping 15 meters in the first round. She'll be jumping, you know, just to get over the bar or over the line and then mm -hmm. keep on moving it. And then therefore there's drama because then you have, you're down to your final three people who could all get over, you know, it's like, high, that's why it's high jump and pole vault are good watching experience because it slowly dwindles it to the best of the best. Whereas long jump, high jump, Triple jump and throw all the other throws. So not high jump, long jump, triple jump, and all the throws. You see Ryan Krauser go out there and throw 23 meters in the first throw. And you're like, all right, we kind of know who won this meet now, but we got to watch yeah. five more throws. I understand it. But Mondo Duplantis can leap three meters over the opening height, and he's still, you don't know if he's going to win because he has to do it at the end. So, But I can see why you wouldn't like that though too because you get a true measurement that matters i guess you could measure it anyway you measure you measure the final jump you might yeah you could still measure it but like you only yeah, get but, to move on to the next round if you jump over a line gotcha. yeah yeah measure out your effort there i mean probably one of your worst ideas but like actually no not one of your worst ideas but it's up there uh they're getting really tired and we're gonna be there all day under that method we didn't talk about women's 15 but uh Gabri Hizabir of Ethiopia, Chase Down Linden Hall, 402s though across the board. Josette Norris was third for the US. Um, but yeah, when you don't have Safan Hassan, when you don't have Faith Kipiega, when you don't have Laura Muir in in a women's 15, you're definitely missing some some firepower there. And I think most of the other events had, I mean, I did all of them at least have one medalist, except for this one. Yeah. So set Norris, she's ranked she's ranked eighth right now. In the, so that's a uh, that's Diamond one. Rankings. Now I know I mean, Faith Kipiega is probably going to show up to the Diamond League final and and run and and win, but that'd be a nice a nice surprise. So who had who had on their board Josette Norris, Diamond League finalist? Yeah, in like the beginning of twenty twenty, <laughs> I don't think anyone really had that. I don't even think she had that. She had like, hey, I just want to run faster. And now all of a sudden she's running 359, getting third in a Diamond League event. Very impressive. She almost caught Lyndon Hall in that race too. We we didn't get to see the Jamaican women's four by one here. Maybe they'll do it in one of the remaining meets. I hope so. I wish they just you had a you had a 1060 and a 1064. It's get out there. Go get Sharik. Find the fourth person. Uh, did they come on the plane? Maybe I don't know somewhere, someone, somewhere in the building. Can they run? Eric Swinsky you know, might have it, a sister it, from Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> like a Swinsky situation. Just get that. Yeah. No, 
they they, they need those three plus you know, Brianna Williams or Natasha Morrison or something. They can they can break that record. I want to see them at least have a shot at it, one more shot at it before the end of the the year. I didn't. I'll never understand why they didn't break it in Tokyo. I think the passes were not as crisp as they could have been. But let's give them another shot to to get that record. All right, we'll leave it there. That's the. Uh, we're not doing a Friday show. This is the Friday show. Uh, we'll be back Monday, and there's going to be another Diamond League that we'll recap on Monday because there's one over the weekend. Is that correct, Gordon? Yeah. So we'll be back Monday, 9 a.m. We'll do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. All right, guys. Thanks, thanks in, Cole. Guys. Thanks to Travis. Thanks, everyone on YouTube. Subscribe to the Full Chalk Podcast YouTube channel. Have a great weekend.